If you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to the book of John. John um, chapter 4. John chapter 4, and um, I'm continuing on with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And um, we're going to read now. I was going to go straight to, to verse 39, but the Lord had me to back it up to verse 30. Um, because there's, there's a lot of meat on that bone that I didn't see. Amen. Sometimes you don't see it right away. Amen. All right. I got the correct lighting now so I could see it. Amen. We knew we know what's happening now or what has happened. The woman was there at the well. The disciples had left to go get food. Jesus sovereignly set it up so that he would have a conversation and a conversion of this woman. Amen. Now we get to verse 30. And after she had went back into the city and she was excited about Jesus. Last week I told you what happens after we leave worship. Amen. Now I want to look at verse 30. It says, then they went out of the city and were coming to him. These are the disciples. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, Rabbi, Rabboni, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Verse 34, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. I want to talk about now is the time to worship, but I want to talk about what life changes will you experience after you leave worship? What life changes will you, will you experience after you leave worship? Amen? Come on, let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. I ask for the forgiveness of my sins. I pray that you cleanse me of all unrighteousness, creating me, Lord, a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit, Lord. Lord, I'm asking that you'd forgive me, clear my mind and heart, allow me to preach your word with clarity, with conviction and authority, Lord. Touch the hearts of your people now. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God you may be seated in the presence of God. What life changes? Thank you, ushers. Will, will you experience? Will you experience after? Amen. Will we experience after we worship? Amen. What life changes will we experience after we leave worship? Last week, I, I told you, I gave you the points of what will happen after you leave worship. But now I want to talk about life changes. How many times have you experienced God's grace and his presence in worship? When you come into an encounter with the living God, 
Amen. When truth calls your name. Amen. When true worshipers are transformed from the inside out. It's amazing because when I think about God and how powerful he is that he allows us every week to grace his presence. Um, it's an amazing thing to me that God throughout history has orchestrated it to this point where we can actually come into the presence of a living God. While I was going to skip over to verse 39, I saw something in here that was life-changing to me. Imagine this. Imagine the disciples spent more time with him than this woman did. In a few hours, the outcome of her life was different than the outcome of the disciples that he had spent days and weeks and months and up to this point, about a year with them. Oh, y'all have missed it. Y'all have missed it. Imagine just a few hours being with Jesus. And this woman ran back to the place where she used to work. Come on, somebody. Her life has changed for the better. But we have these disciples who had broken bread with Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. Watched him perform miracles. Turn water into wine. Come on, somebody. He, they went to the first wed the wedding at Canaan. It's amazing because she left different. But they remained the same. Ask your question. When you leave here today, will you be the same? Will you be the same person that you was when you walked through these doors? What will be different today? than last week. Is that our story? She left his presence and after worship she witnessed. They left for food and never thought about opening their mouth in the city to come and tell the people in the city, oh, come see a man who called me from fishing for fish to be a fisher of men. The text says, that they went to the city. You see that? They went out of the city and were coming back. They were around thousands of people. As we'll see, Jesus knows the hearts of men. Jesus knows us. And I, I don't know about you. I don't know what it's going to take. To have a transformation. 
but I know that when you meet the living Savior, you don't have to try to be transformed. He will transform you. Are you with me? You know, the lesson we can learn here is that either you could come to worship and stay the same, or you can come to worship and change, and you can leave from worship and be the same, or you can leave from worship and change. Let me say this. The milk of human kindness must not be mistaken for the fruit of the Spirit. You hear me? Just because we go out here and we feed the poor and we clothe those who need clothes and, and we go out here and we speak to people about, about life and all this stuff, if it's not about Jesus, they're not going to change. Sentimentality is not spirituality. Are you with me? Jesus now is in a different scene. The text says, and meanwhile, imagine that. The disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. They came back. The woman left. And they are talking about physical. when he had, had just had a spiritual moment with this woman. So what changes when you leave worship? You ready? First thing is our priorities will change. What I mean is we'll have a spiritual priority to see the lost saved. You see, when the woman left, her priority was to go back to those men and say to them, oh, come see a man who told me all about me. The disciples were, were focused more on earthly things than spiritual things. They put no priority on the things of God. He used the disciples urging to teach them, watch this, that something about their priority was wrong. Something was more satisfying to Jesus than food. He had been teaching for a long time, and yes, he was hungry, but just like when he was tempted in the garden, when he was tempted in the wilderness, watch this, he denied himself for a spiritual purpose, and that's what I'm trying to say to you today, that when you leave worship, when you've had an encounter with Jesus Christ, when you leave here, your priority is going to change. You and I will, will not just be interested in our physical needs, in what I can get from Jesus, but we'll be thinking about what we can do for Jesus. I don't know what it's going to take, y'all. I don't know what it's going to take, but I know one thing. I know for a fact that Jesus is real. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, Satan wanted him to think of himself 
the disciples were only thinking about their, themselves, their sentimentality was not spirituality. They thought that, oh, well, let's get him something to eat. Let's treat him like a king. Jesus is like, no, you ain't got to do that for me. If, I, if Jesus comes right now, he don't want to ride, he want to drive. Are you with me? And just like Mary and Martha, Martha thought that going into the kitchen and preparing Jesus a spread was the right thing to do. Jesus said the right thing to do is to sit at my feet and receive the truth of the word. I ask you a question. Do you see any change in what you really like in life? You know what I found out when you when you've had an encounter with Jesus in worship, the things you used to like, you don't like them anymore. The places you used to go, you don't go anymore. The stuff you used to get involved in, you don't get involved anymore. Why? Because there's something that God does on the inside of us that changes our priority. Verse 32 says, verse 32, verse 32 says, so, but he said to them, watch what he said. He said to them. I have food to eat that you do not want. Priorities will change. But here's what else will change. Our thinking will change. You see, when you leave worship, you're not going to be thinking about what you're going back to what lack you have in life, what you need to empower your flesh or what you need to feed on, but your thinking is going to be, what can I do to get somebody to get to know Jesus better? What can I do to get somebody to get to the house of God so that they can eat some spiritual food? Jesus said, you don't know about this food. This food that I'm talking about Listen, it's so, so good. Watch this. It's one of those things. Watch this. You ever go to a restaurant and all they put is the menu? They didn't put the price because you already know what it is. What I'm saying is it's so expensive that they don't even have to put a price because it's understood. Come on, help me, somebody. I, I, I want to ask you a question. How much value do you put on your spiritual food? Here's the thing, when you encounter Jesus in worship and when you leave worship, your thinking will not be the same. Are you with me? Listen to this. The disciples continued to think only on the level of physical food, whereas the woman come on, somebody, was thinking about physical water when she came. Come on, somebody. But when she left, her conversation was different. You know what? You know what was going on with these disciples? They were unspiritual in their thinking. May I ask you a question? Didn't they know that he was the bread of life? Come on, somebody. Didn't they know that he was a way out of no way? How closer can you get to the truth and yet not believe or experience the truth? Now, Jesus may have been hungry, in fact, but 
he was thinking differently. When you come to worship, you will leave with a better understanding. Watch this, you ready? Of who Jesus is. But when you leave worship, you will leave with a better understanding of who you are. You will leave with a better understanding of what your mission is, what, what you have to do for God, what you want to do for God, and what is important to God. Are you with me? Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Watch what he says next. So the disciples were saying, verse 33, disciples saying, look what he said, um, to one another. No one brought him anything to eat. Did he? So what do you see here? What do, what do you see happening here with the disciples, y'all? Confusion. Imagine this. Imagine coming to church week after week, year after year, and you're still confused. Still ain't getting it. Still the same. Your change only lasts a couple hours. Come on, y'all. Listen, do you not know that the moment you hear the word, there's persecution? That The Bible says that Satan comes to rob you of it. He comes to snatch it from you. And he does not want you to have a worship experience. He wants you to have some form of a mystical euphoria. That amounts to just that. Nothing. Worship nothing. Feel nothing. Come on, somebody. Ignore what you're hearing. Oh, come on, say amen. Jesus says, the disciples, they start talking to themselves. You got to watch who you hang with. Because sometimes the people that are trying to talk to you, they're philosophizing. I'm getting ready to install... Uh, I got a new son in the ministry, a pastor, um, and I'm getting ready to install him today, and, and, and I'm going to give him the charge today, right? And, and one of the things that I'm going to charge him to do is to preach the word. No matter how many people don't like it, don't preach anything other than the word. Listen to me real good. If you come into worship and the word does not affect you, then something is wrong. Maybe it's the people that you're conversating with. Watch your disciples said, so uh, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Here's the next point. Here's the thing. Our priorities will change. Our thinking will change. But the next thing is our understanding will change. See, thinking is one thing, but understanding is something different. Do you know that they were in a state of confusion and conflict? You know what I found out, that people, when they are not spiritual, will always be confused about the kingdom. Oh, I just said a mouthful. Let me say it one more time. People who are not spiritual will always be confused about the kingdom. What's the point of going? Man, listen, I look at every opportunity when I walk into this church that when I leave here, I'm going to leave different. And I'm not going to leave the same on the same, man. They were not seeing the spirit. 
Listen, Master, are you seeing the spiritual lesson here? They were not seeing the spiritual lesson. They were thinking about physical food. And Jesus was saying, man, I don't need food. But him being hungry shows his humanity. But what did he do? He denied himself for a greater good, but he had to teach them a lesson here. Look at verse 34. Look at verse 34. Look at verse 34. Jesus said to them, my food. Oh, come on, say amen. My food is to do the will. That word will in the Greek is telema. That word means desires. My will is to do the desire of him who what? Sent me. My, 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 my food is to do what pleases the Father. My will is free of the flesh and carnal desires. My will is to understand what I was sent for. In other words, what I'm trying to say to you today is that when you leave worship, what changes, what should change the next thing is our purpose will change. Not my will be done, but thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, can I, what better purpose than doing the Father's will? May I ask you a question? Are you living in the will of the Father? Are you trying to carry out his desires? When we feed on spiritual, on the spiritual worship of the word, we come to understand our true purpose in life. And then when you discover your spiritual gift, you can carry out the will of the father in a dying world. Jesus has respond, responded that what satisfied him more than physical food was the spiritual nourishment that came, watch this, from doing the Father's will and advancing his work. Can I tell you something? One of the greatest things I've discovered is that when you can serve God and advance his work, you will find so much satisfaction. You will understand your purpose. You will, uh, you will understand your priorities. Your thinking, your understanding will change. Watch this. His goal during his earthly ministry was to accomplish his work of salvation. Through his ministry, Jesus walked in perfect intimacy with the Father. Because had he taken a different route, we would not be saved today. 
Imagine if he only thought about himself. Can I tell you something? As a, as a believer in Jesus Christ, your purpose has to be his purpose. Your purpose has to be, in essence, one that's wanting to prioritize the kingdom. Listen, I want to tell you that there's nothing like serving the Lord. But there's something about when you come into worship, it brings you to a place of servitude. Because worship causes you to fall down on your knees and say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. Come on, somebody. And I want to say to somebody here today that if we pick up the mantle like Jesus did, but Jesus is teaching his disciples a lesson on discipleship, but he's teaching them a lesson on what it means to serve him. Look at the, look at the right, right there at the end. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. But watch this. And to what? And to accomplish. To what? Oh, man, listen, before I came to Christ, I used to go to church every now and then. I was one of them CME members, Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. <laughs> and then every now and then. Amen. Some of you were CME members. Amen. Some of you were just going through the motions. Some of us were born in, in a Christian family. And we went to church because mama said, mama drug us to church. We were drug addicts. We were drugged to Bible study, drugged to Sunday service, Sunday evening service, vacation Bible school. You understand? All these different things. But here's the thing. The thing is, at some point, this becomes real to you. And that's what kind of was happening to the disciples. See, the disciples had been walking. You know, I got a theory on the, on the on, I, got a, I got a theory from the scriptures on the disciples. Like, they were really, really unspiritual men. Even though they performed miracles under the power of Jesus when he was alive, it, watch this, they still, they were unspiritual. Here's my theory. When Jesus called them, they were out there fishing. Some of them. Almost a couple were fishermen. You have a tax collector, okay? And then you have a lawyer, okay? Watch this. Jesus said, no longer will you fish, Peter being the main ringleader. No longer will you fish for fish, but you will be a fisher of men. Watch this, you ready? They walked with him for three long years. This is, this is part of it. 36 months, is that 36 months? Amen, 36 months. 1,064 hours or something like that. Watch this. Days, watch this. They came to the point when he went to the cross And when all that went down, after the resurrection, listen to me real good. Jesus appeared to them several times. 
You with me? Y'all follow me? He appeared to them in his glorified body several more times after for 40 days he walked earth after he rose from the dead. Okay, watch this. He appeared to them. And then Peter said, you know what? I'm going fishing. Now, you got to always remember what God said to you at the beginning. He says, no longer will you be fishers of fish, but you'll be fish of men. When he met them, they had been out there all night fishing and they had caught nothing. Okay. But Jesus told them at the first encounter, hey, go on out into the deep. Different story. Go out to the deep and you'll get it. They got it. Now we fast forward the story three years later, right? This is what happens to people, y'all. Watch, watch where I'm going with this, okay? They stay in church for a little while. And things go good for a little while. Things are all right. They experience the power. They experience fellowship. They experience all this stuff from Jesus. They start getting blessed and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden, it starts fading off. All of a sudden, they start going through persecution and trials and tribulation. That's why I talked about uh, Friday night about the tree that would not produce fruit after three years. After three years. Come on. Same connection. After three years. So I reckon that after three years, you really get to know who you really are as a disciple. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Jesus said now. So he died, he buried, he rose from the dead. Watch this, watch this, watch where I'm going with this, okay? The disciples now, Peter, said, you know what? I'm going fishing. Here's the thing, Peter. Peter didn't understand that when God changes your occupation, you can't go back. When God closes a door, can't no man open that door no more. Are you following me? Watch where I'm going with this, okay? He decided that rather than going to worship, I'm going fishing. He goes, and they are out there, and, and look, and all the rest of the disciples say, well, shoot, we going too. They go out, and they're out there all night. And here's what the Bible says. They caught nothing. Imagine that. In their natural mind, just like they thought he needed food, in their natural mind, they're thinking, oh, man, we could do this. We've been fishermen all our lives. Man, we professionals. We know where the fish be. You understand what I'm saying? They went out there and they caught nothing. See, when you've been called to be a servant, you can't do nothing else. And that's what the disciples failed to understand. Some of us are running from our calling. Some of us are running from our serving. Some of us don't want to surrender fully to serve God. But watch this. They caught nothing. And we wonder why when we leave God, nothing works. But tell your neighbor grace. Jesus calls out to them. Children, y'all been fishing all night, huh? <laughs> and you've actually caught nothing. He said, I'll tell you what you do. Throw your nets over to the right side. 
This time he tells them not into the deep, but on the right side. Same disciples that was telling, that was thinking, oh, nobody fed him? See, Jesus was never thinking on the natural side. He was always thinking on the spiritual side. Watch this. The Bible said they caught so much fish. And when Peter realized who it was, he stripped himself down and jumped to the sea trying to drown himself because he was embarrassed. But his grace, when they came to the shores, Jesus had breakfast waiting for him. See, God understands all of us. He knows how fragile we are. He knows, come on somebody, that we don't really understand all the time spiritual things. So his grace is what keeps us. And until you and I come to the place, the last point is this, your mission in life will change. Listen, I don't know what your mission is in life. But if you're confused, then maybe you're thinking, you're not thinking spiritual. Our mission is to dig, dig deeper. Our mission is to carry out his will. Our mission is to worship. The more you worship, the more you'll understand your mission. Jesus lived in complete accordance with the Father's will until he cried, until his cry of triumph from the cross, it is finished, marked his accomplishment of his mission here on earth. His cry, it is finished, marked the end of his mission on earth but not his mission in your life. Are you with me? There are no audibles. In the game of football, each team has an offensive coordinator who calls plays that should be run, ran on the field. However, occasionally, the quarterback will call an audible, meaning he has decided to override the call of the offensive coordinator and call a play on his own. Oftentimes, audibles result in interceptions or something else, maybe a turnover of the ball to the other team. Needless to say, the offensive coordinator becomes upset because the quarterback chose to change what he called, and it failed, like the Steelers. It is the desire of the offensive coordinator to run plays, not, or, not audibles. He knows what plays need to be ran and when they should be ran because he has a better view of the field than the quarterback. Since God is our offensive coordinator, he has a better view of the field of our life than we do. Watch this. All we need to do is run the plays he calls and you will win in life. Do I have a witness? 
But when you've been in the presence of God in worship, your priority will change. Your thinking will change. Your understanding will change. Your purpose will change. But your mission in life will definitely change. Give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. To God be the glory for the great things that he has done. I, I, I am always baffled, really, seriously, by the disciples. Because they remind me a lot of what I see in the kingdom, not here, I'm talking about in general over the years. That three-year span for every disciple is three years. But after that third year, you're either going to fight or flight. You're either going to change or stay the same. This is a marathon. It's a journey. You're not going to change overnight. No matter what people say to you, no matter how they try to pull you down and tell you you ain't this, you ain't that, and third, it's a journey. But every opportunity you get to come into worship, you have to ask God, change me. I'm thinking natural. See, watch this. For instance, when, when, we add, when I tell people, fill out the first fruit card, you're thinking natural. Oh, I ain't giving them money. Shoot, I'm sure I'm. That's your natural thinking. But you don't realize that there's spiritual blessings and rewards in that. But I get it. Not everybody's going to support the kingdom. But isn't it amazing that after 17 years, in spite of, God still takes care of his church? Because there's a few people who've been trans... Not, I, listen, I, I don't want buy-in. I want transformation. You know why I don't want buy-in? Because buy-in means you can buy out. But if you're transformed, some people are looking at the church from a natural mind. But if you're spiritual... And Jesus said, out of your heart comes your treasures. That's where your treasure lies. So kingdom becomes a priority to all of us. I never thought out of anything I would have done in my entire life, I'd be doing this. I would be in church. But I thank God that he's given me a spiritual mind. I didn't understand it at first. How many, how, many, how many didn't understand it at first, right? You just didn't understand it, right? But over the years, you've come to understand that this is spiritual. I don't want just, I, I, you know what I don't want? I don't want God to just work things out for me when I'm in trouble. I want an everyday relationship with him so that when I mess up every day, he's right there to pick me up again. 
push me along a little bit. But like the disciples, next week I'm going to show you what Jesus says to them about their mission that they missed. And in the end, they still missed it. Do you want to be like that? Where at the end, you're still like, man, it was a good run. <laughs> I mean, really, it was a good run, man. You know, you know, this ain't working no more. But you know what I found out about the kingdom? It doesn't work like that. You see people in church for 30 and 40 years, and you wonder why? Check their history. And then ask the question, when did they have that moment where they started to believe from natural to spiritual? Sometimes it's our hearts. Sometimes it's our hurts. Sometimes it's our hangups. Sometimes it's the people around us who's influencing us to think a certain kind of way. And we've bought into that mindset.